0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this live recording of The Herd Mentality. Joining me today for an on-air diagnosis is Dr. Carl Kruselnitsky. Dr. Carl, welcome to the show.
1: Waiting, waiting. Hello?
0: Yeah, mate, I'm here, I'm here. Sorry for keeping you waiting. Now, first things first, I've recently been diagnosed with a 50% blockage in my left anterior descending heart artery. True story.
1: The blood loss is half a minute's blood supply because of the beautifully evolved arteries, which are spiral arteries, and the moment there's any compression, it begins to tighten on these arteries and cut cut down the blood supply.
0: And true to your reputation, you're across it all in seconds.
1: As a medical doctor, I hate it when people die.
0: As a patient, I hate it when patients die. So how much blood am I not getting to my ticker?
1: I think the figure is 300 mils of blood every minute.
0: Ah, and what would you prescribe?
1: And the rubbing of the tummy will stimulate receptors which will then make it contract even more.
0: Doesn't sound like a medical solution. Do you have a homeopathic uh, alternative? Drinking urine. Ugh, well, could I at least garnish it with a... Number two. Righto, well, I'll I'll give it a shot.
1: I am not a specialist in anything.
0: Well, the right man for the job at a sceptical convention. Now, while I've got you, I've had some swelling...
1: Downstairs? Wow. Yeah, what, what do you make of that? How's that for a twist? Could you describe it? Something the size of a shopping bag. Could it be testicular torsion? And so you've got something this big, which then swells. And what about from this angle? That's been going around for a while. Whoa, could you have at least warmed your hands up? I'd, I'd like to apologise. That's right. Really
0: quite painful.
1: I'm just getting all emotional. Grown men and women have been known to burst into tears when they see it.
0: I've been bathing them gently in warm water.
1: It could be that the water has been deoxygenated.
0: What a perfectly rational response. Uh, What are my chances of losing this one?
1: I hope that doesn't happen because things will get very expensive.
0: Well, at least we have Medicare here in Australia. Dr. Cal, thanks for joining me for an on-air diagnosis and... uh, Here's $20. Thank
1: you, thank you. That's very kind of you. Thank you.
0: Looking forward to seeing you on stage in a few minutes.
1: You'll be on a watch list.
0: Welcome to the Herd Mentality Podcast, an eclectic non-weekly mix of atheistic, humanistic and scientific conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection and, God willing, entertain you with some scintillating rep IT. This is a listener-supported show and you can help boost quality and quantity at herdmentalitypodcast.com and then click on support. Your contribution makes all the difference for the show and 10% of it goes to women in developing countries. I'm your host, Questionable Adam, found on Twitter, Facebook, and Google. And it's time to meet our guests. Dr. Dr. Adam, Uh, pleasure to meet you. Thank you, everybody, for coming. This has been something I've had on the agenda for quite some time, and uh, Carl's been a a bit of an inspiration, I've been very much looking forward to having him on the show, Uh, but uh, every week
1: Carl does about 50,000 different podcasts, is that that an exaggeration? Um, Four podcasts and uh, eight radio shows, and I also uh, speak with two schools uh, every week doing science Q&A in my goal to try and reach 1% of all Australian schools each year for free. Wow! So the the dedication. But very
0: rarely do you talk about. Uh, do, do we know much about you? I'm a bit interested in you because
1: uh, Kruszelnicki, not your typical. It's not Smith. <laughs> well, in Germany, the people called Smith are one kilogram heavier than people called Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> there you go. And um, because. What about what about why? the what
1: about the races? Why? Why? <laughs> why 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 but why this is a good question let yeah. me ask it why well um, as you know surnames in europe got handed out about 600 700 years ago mm. because the population was increasing and the government otherwise known as the fascist imperialist running dog le- the oppressors of the working class honest proletariat, the government wanted to know who everybody was, so instead of being Adam, you now had a second name, Adam, and then insert the name of your job. Right. Reeks. That's uh, unfortunate. <laughs> 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 Apologise in advance. That's so a- if you're um, involved in arrow making, which is a very big trade, mm-hmm. you could be a Fletcher, Yep. which was the person who put the feathers, mm-hmm. you could be an arrow smith, a bow smith, etc, etc. And if you worked as a blacksmith, you were called Smith in Germany, or or Schmidt. And if you worked as a tailor, you were called the German word for tailor, which is Schneider. Hmm. Now think about those two people. In their typical, you know, there's some empty chairs down the front. Come and get comfortable. Come on, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Come and get comfy. I need need all the friends I can get. Yeah, come Um, on down, get comfy. Bring it it down. So the people call, uh, a blacksmith would be probably a big, burly, strong person, able to get a big hammer and bang it around all day. Whereas a tailor would be of a slighter build, more skilled for fine, delicate work, and so of a lighter build. And six centuries later, people called Schneider are uh, lighter than people called Smith. And your question was about Krasnodarsky, I take it. Uh, well, <laughs>
0: <coughs> it was, but you've got me thinking now if, uh, if somebody wants to just uh, Google
1: my family history and find out, find out what, what did, Hang you know, on, wait a Reeks did 700 years ago. Wait a let it. me get this straight. Um, so you were born to some parents?
0: Presumably, yes.
1: <laughs> and they're still around, and you've got a name? Yes. You don't know the origin of your name? I understand it's of uh, British extraction. That's By, it. I understand it, you're saying, I've got no idea. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you've never, you've never had a sense of curiosity about it? No, but i spent some time Googling you. You're more interesting than I am. Oh, <laughs> in that case, I'll fall over. <laughs> but t- uh, no, no, so you, you should find it. Well, I, I'm not telling you what you should do.
0: So oh, yeah. no, I well, thought there might be uh, somebody who can come up with a, a much funnier... Thing.
1: Oh, you don't uh, want accuracy? I'm no, I'm
0: not even for oh, accuracy. Right. That's what you're
1: all about. Oh, so that's what you did when you, 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 shall I say, sympathetically cut together bits of various <laughs> comments I made, uh, and it was very clever of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh,
0: that's probably one of the most polite ones I do, because... Uh, oh, t- I was lucky. For people who uh, are aware of the show, it's usually um, politicians and uh, religious figures who uh, say... Interesting things. Ah.
1: (laughs) And uh, yes, the subject gets turned around. But um, born in Sweden, I understand. Born in Sweden, but the name Krushelnitsky comes from Poland, Ukraine area. There's actually a village called Krushelnitsky on some older maps. Uh, It's faded away now. I want to go back and see the village, but it might be unsafe in getting there. So um, for me, the big surprise about Europe, the first time I went there in 2006, was what a pack of bastards they were. (laughs) There were all these people right next to each other in a not-too-hostile climate, moderately hostile, but um, with lots of raw materials. And so they very quickly, because they seemed to hate each other so much, developed at that time the world's most advanced weapons technology and used it to kill each other over and over again, uh, which had the advantage that by the time you get to the mid-1500s, they were a really finely-tuned fighting army. So, for example, China with the PLA, the People's Liberation Army, has the world's largest large, largest army, but it's not like the American army, which is really finely battle-hardened. I mean, they're having wars all the time. And so, in the case of Europe, it was my, my people, Poland at one stage was a very big country, and then for 123 years it vanished into nothingness. And so the so it's now sort of a medium size compared to what it was. And so the village, Kruselnitsky, is actually in that part next door called Ukraine.
0: Right. And you ended up immigrating to Australia as as a result. Yeah. So my
1: parents, after the Second World War, wanted to get away from uh, people trying to kill them, went to Sweden, much nicer place. Um, And then Russia started grumbling at uh, Finland. Did they ever stop? (laughs) The (laughs) the Russians. (laughs) We can skip past that. (laughs) I've got a lot of sympathy for the poor old Russians because the the trouble is that on one hand they've got a bit of fine countryside and then the rest of it's really frozen. Mm. Um, And the fine countryside happens to be on the Silk Route or the Silk Route leading from Asia across into Middle Europe. And so everybody comes through invading them. And this has left them with a kind of gloomy life. So if you read one of Chekhov's plays, one character says to another one, he says to her, why are you wearing black? And in typical Russian good humor, she says, I am in mourning for my life. <laughs> and in your typical your typical Russian comedy, uh, well, have you read The Seagull, right? Confronting, Have you yeah. you've been to The Seagull? No. no. Okay, so The Seagull is a two-part comedy and in the first act everybody is um, desperately unhappy because they're in love with somebody else whom they are convinced is the love of their life. In the second act, they then rearrange themselves, meet up with the person whom they think is the love of their life, realise that it's worse than they ever thought and is really bad and the hero blows his brains out with a shotgun oh. and the Russians piss themselves laughing this is a funny (laughs) I was just thinking right up until the very end
0: that's the telephone for
1: friends (laughs) (laughs) in your average Russian comedy the heroine is dying of tuberculosis in the first three acts in the last act she gets better and then gets run over by a bus that's so funny (laughs) so when you talk about Russians just remember they've got this unsympathetic history of geography Mm. where the temperature gets really cold, but it protects them. So for example, when Napoleon tried to invade, all they did was retreat and left him an empty town and it got, of Moscow. and it got so cold that the tin used on the buttons of the greatcoats of the French soldiers got so cold, it went into a different crystalline state and turned into powder. And so the, the clothes fell off. And, well, my wife's and French. This is the best news I've had all day. And, and <laughs> just and, stick her in the deep freezer for a bit. And well, you know. um, but they, they're talking about the clothes, okay, I'll leave you to do that one. So I'll try and keep it on a higher level. And so the um... you're on the wrong podcast. Yes. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. so, so the poor old Russians. The the climate is a terrible thing, but on the other hand, it keeps invaders away. So back to Australia. Back to Australia, <laughs> yeah, OK. So I, I, we came here to Australia, and I grew up in a refugee camp. So I was just there a few weekends ago down at Bonagilla, or Bonagilla, or however you call it. Um, and that's where I grew up as a kid. Interestingly, some of the greatest talent that we've had, you know,
0: National Treasure, yourself, I think. In, in Along tech- with Clive Palmer, don't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, I think Lawrence Loom am I mistaken? in that as well was he a refugee I don't know Um, I can't speak to that anyone know in the audience no Lawrence isn't here
1: we'll say he's because he's Asian he's automatically a refugee (laughs) and really good at mathematics how's that for a racist comment thank you
0: (laughs) that one will go to where so early life you kicked off digging holes I understand.
1: Yeah, I, um, it was great. I was a labourer uh, and I learnt um, the trade on how to dig holes and it was amazing because this was before we had the big fancy digger machines. We were working difficult territory through people's backyards putting in sewer lines at the back of Wollongong and to my astonishment we used exactly the same technology used by the Romans 2,000 years earlier. As you dig the ditch, it's okay when you dig a ditch down to half a metre, or even a metre. Once you get halfway around chest height, and once you get over body height, if if the ditch collapses, you die. Mm -hmm. And so we used exactly the same bracing technology, where you have planks going along the side, planks going down vertically, braces going across, and you can go down five, 10 metres, Knowing that you're not going to die because uh, the timber is keeping the dish apart. So I worked on a dish I got taught how to use a shovel. Have you ever been taught how to use a shovel? Uh, not for yes certain no. purposes. Yes or no is fine. Uh, no. No, you've got no idea. <laughs> By
0: the way, I'm not a specialist in anything. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> By the way, why is it whenever somebody murders somebody, they always put them in a shallow grave? Is that because they <sighs> didn't ever learn? So that, that's the reason that they all end up in jail. They, they did not learn. From a professional, how to use a shovel. Is everyone taking notes here? <laughs> yes. uh,
0: presumably, everyone here has some enemies. Uh,
1: like but, but the thing is, you don't learn how to use a shovel by uh, reading about it. You've got to actually learn from somebody. And you got to use. Do you know you have to use your foot? Yes, I did know that much. Tell me more. Uh, you, well, foot push down. Where does a foot push?
0: Uh, in towards the centre. Oh, what does a foot push on? The. Oh, there's a word for it? Shoulder? the, the
1: the the metal blade yeah so, the, yeah. so
0: it, it, it bends back in yeah. and it gives you that sort of flat surface there's the a yeah
1: so you, you've got to dig in and so what happens is you're stuck with the fact if you know how to dig a hole properly that after every couple of months you've got to get rid of a right shoe and get if you're right footed mm. and then get another one because you dig a lip you need the foot mm-hmm. to dig uh, to use a shovel properly otherwise you will ruin your back now I'm annoyed we have got your topic, have we? What's well, the topic no, no, again?
0: No, no, We're going in the right direction. I'm just I'm, uh, just, I'm okay. just annoyed that uh, you, you went on to bigger and better things because had you start digging holes, we might actually have an NBN by now. Oh. <laughs>
1: well, <sighs> the, uh, the tragic thing is with the NBN How is... long have we got? How long have we got? I'll keep it, I'll keep it simple. Okay, okay here's, a, here's a simple summary. A Polish saying, if the devil says the sky is blue, it's still blue. And so if the Labor Party said the best thing for internet connectivity for humans in Australia is that we have an optic fibre to their house, even if it was the Labor Party that said it, it's still true. (laughs) But the other party thought we've got to prove that we're different. And so they went for something that was both more expensive and worse. Just to it. prove that the other party had made a mistake, and therefore the latest survey has the following results: if you have optic fibre into your house, you will get your advertised speed 90% of the time. But if you have optic fibre to a node and then copper wire the rest of the time, it's 50% or worse.
0: And there is an analogy to be drawn, parallel to be drawn, to the Harbour Bridge, which was in your presentation earlier. There, were, it was horse and car territory there's a much much higher theoretical throughput with fiber whereas we we're currently capped at 100 megabits
1: oh, that's only at the it, with, with th-
0: copper yeah uh, fiber uh, copper to the node and then fiber thereon if venus is in alignment with jupiter on a thursday <laughs> afternoon
1: <laughs> when there's no r in the name of the month yeah. well <laughs> A colleague of mine, whom I will not mention, uh, at a science awards meeting in Canberra went to speak to the Prime Minister of the day, whom I will not mention, and said, excuse me, Prime Minister, I've got to talk to you about um, optic fibre. Now, this person is such a specialist in optic fibre that for several months he held the world record in speed for sending information down on optic fibre, 50,000 DVDs per second. But since since then, it's been overtaken, right? And just a bit of background, the optic fibre that comes to your house can handle that. The optic fibre that runs to your house is the same as the optic fibre that runs between Sydney and Melbourne, carrying everything, right? And so as an expert in this, he said, excuse me, Prime Minister, I've really got to talk to you about optic fibre and the NBN. And the Prime Minister said, let me stop you right there and then start off with a memorised thing, Copper is better, copper is the future. And then, drawing upon his memory... Stop crying. <laughs> Be a... Stop
0: crying. I, then... I used to work for an internet service provider. Yeah, okay. so and is... <laughs>
1: then, the Prime Minister said six things about optic fibre that he'd been filled up in his brain to memorise, and every single one was wrong. The first one was this. Optic fibre is a biodegradable material. And stop laughing. (laughs) And and it has to be replaced every five years. Now, just a little question. How many people in the audience replace the windows in their house, which are made (laughs) of glass, every five years? Optic fiber is made of goddamn glass. It is not a biodegradable material. It'll outlast the bloody pyramids if you give it half a chance. (laughs) And that was the first of six wrong things the prime minister had. In his brain Now that's why you should run for politics and don't laugh because if you laugh you don't run for politics and they do now consider I want you I'm going to turn it around do you remember that before the 2007 election um, the Prime Minister of Australia went wandering the streets in a pa, various pastel jumpsuits uh, with uh, various sports teams on them you remember that ah, yes in that right do you remember what else he did that year No. What he did to divert (laughs) – that was a rhetorical question (laughs) –
0: to divert attention
1: from what he really did, he wore the jumpsuits. What he really did was committed Australia to spend a very large percentage of our gross domestic product on a bunch of submarines that could not work and would not work. And did he succeed? Yes. Right? So – Oh, noisy. It's it's
0: the only submarine that you have to roll back the the key at the top to get
1: in. (laughs) <laughs> but, oh, like on a sardine tan, yeah, like, look, it is difficult, it is high technology to make submarines, mm. and Australia could get to the point where we can make submarines, but you're not going to get in there by starting there, you have to go small and work your way up. Like, the typical example is designing spacecraft, it is incredibly hostile, and, and the submarine environment is a hostile environment, and we, we can do it, we just can't do it one off, at beginning of, straight off at a high level. Mm. So from digging holes... Yes, <laughs> where I had the best waste of my life. Oh, God, it was good. It, wasn't it was a uh, sewer. Well, it was empty sewer at that time. <laughs> in fact, at one stage over the Christmas holidays, when the gangs had sort of shrunk down and some of the blowings were still there, um, to keep ourselves busy, we decided to have a competition to try and break the record. And we, we, we set a new record for how many metres of sewer line we uh, laid down in one day. So that means you start with virgin ground and you lay down, you dig it open, you lay down the sand bed, you, you put in the pipes, you concrete them together, you put sand on top of them, you cover it over, we lay down 50 metres in one day. Yeah, There's right. a record that held for quite a while. Well,
0: where's the round of applause for that?
1: Oh, <laughs> wasn't... <laughs> uh, was,
0: because, uh, the, your, your comment saying is
1: that um, without plumbing... there is There is no civilization Without plumbing, there is no civilization. You've got to have plumbers. And Wollongong had it first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, DAPTO, actually, yeah. So you moved into uh, medicine at that point, or you were a mechanic? Uh, No, then I went down the scientific pathway, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I basically did very bad at university because I was desperately trying to have sex with human females, at which I failed very well. (laughs) I did really bad at both studying and having sex. And I hung around in coffee lounges such as they were. Really exotic places. You know, you could order cheese sandwiches. Whoa. Exotic. I mean, this is a time where, oh, well, at that time in Australia, if you wanted to have some sort of processed meat, it was called Devon. That was it. That's all it was. Devon. um, You know, like all the different sort of salamis? No. What is this witchery of which you speak?
0: Devon is, uh, for the international listeners out there, it's basically pureed lips and assholes of um, (laughs) uh, bovine and whatever's lying
1: around (laughs) to whack it in a. And not uh, even with any spice in it to make it interesting, (laughs) yeah. Yes, so so I I then went to university and then got my first job at the age of 19 as a physicist at the steelworks, testing the steel for various structures, including the Westgate Bridge. And let me go on record as saying this, it is made of two types of steel, both of which are inferior to their specifications. Should have used optic fibre. Oh, (laughs) hard on a bridge. And secondly, um, in some cases, the high-strength steel was used in the low-strength application. No worries but the low-strength steel is used in the high-strength application, and that's bad. The thing is that the engineering uh, is is almost certainly so over-engineered that it's still got a safety barrier with the traffic they put on it. Mm. But if it fails catastrophically and they go back and... So when wood fails, for various reasons, it gives you warning and it creaks. When steel fails, it fails catastrophically. The stress Mm. builds up and up, and then suddenly the failure travels through the steel at five kilometres a second, as happened when the Westgate Bridge had one of its box girders internally collapse, and so if it does fail in the future when they go testing it, they'll find that the, instead of having LY50 in there, somebody put in LY35. LY for Lower Yarra, which is the location of it geographically on the place, and 50 for £50,000 per square inch in the old money, uh, or 35 for £35,000 per square inch in the old money. Now they measure it in cubic furlongs per square second or something. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so, physicist. Physicist, and then I went to New Guinea to do research into hair and wool. So I, I got into trouble at the steelworks because my boss wanted me to fake the results, and I wouldn't do it. Oof. And so he said, "Look, Carl, um, I want you to check these results again. And if you've made a mistake, I won't—I'll be—I won't be unhappy." And I thought, "Okay, I, I could have made a mistake." So I went back and I checked all of my figures, did the mathematics again, um, and then I said, "No, no, the steel doesn't meet specifications for fatigue life." There's many properties of steel, there's toughness and hardness and elasticity and ultimate tensile strength. Blah, 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 and one of them is called fatigue life, which I won't go into right now. And it didn't meet his specifications, and so I went back and I said, no, I checked all the figures, uh, and then he sat me down and he stared me right in the eye, and this was really odd, and he said, I want you to check your numbers again, and if you've made a mistake, I won't be displeased. Okay, go go and do it. And I couldn't understand what he was saying. What he was saying was fake the results so we can get on to the next stage. Had you done that, well, you might have been a little bit more successful in politics. Oh uh, yeah, Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, no. Uh, I, I disagree because Donald Trump was incredibly successful because he just laid out what he was. And it falls into a weird category of human behaviour called the secret sharing of the shame, shameful secret. So, that's a new one yeah yeah. Um, if you go out into the country areas and you talk to people and you just sort of hang around and listen to them I came across this a few times and people would say you know that, that Pauline Hanson look like, you know, I, I don't really agree with her and then they come in with the shameful sharing of the common secret I don't really agree with her but you know she's just saying what we really think mm. and that's the shameful secret So so
0: the polls, the exit polls, don't match up with what people actually tick on the box in the ballot.
1: Don't know. Uh, I haven't read any studies on that. Unlike you, who just seems to make up facts out of the air. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) On the other hand, you're a lot funnier than me, so. (laughs) You wouldn't go that far either. So getting back to uh, Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. as we try to we' our way back through the nested layers we went down, uh, he just simply said, um, mate, those uh, bloody, insert name of racial, ethnic, religious group you don't like, are, and then insert bad things about them, go and beat them up and I'll pay you court fees. And people yeah. said, that's great, I love that. And so we got in. Tragic. You know what we um, were talking about before that? I forgot that nested um, your layer. Your career. <laughs> no, no, oh, uh, why I didn't get into politics. No, that was not why I didn't get into politics. The reason I didn't get into politics was because we didn't have enough of a budget. That's an interesting one, because you got quite a, You did get quite a lot of votes. i got 44,000 or 42,000 under the line, which seems to be a record under the line, but it's not 782,000, which is what you need to get into federal politics in the Senate in the state of New South Wales. And that's all quite convoluted. The, the tragic thing about this is Malcolm Roberts got him with 77 votes. 76. He so voted for himself as well. I think. <laughs> and he got to be in a two-nation party. <laughs> Just kidding. Nice. Because he belonged to two nations. That was a fairly late bad joke. It's how you tell it. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get the timing. Do you want me to have another crack? Uh, I'll not yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: oh, I wouldn't do it justice. Well, timing's really important. <laughs> so, uh, ultimately, you ended up in uh, science
1: communication. Well, then I went and um, become a drug-crazed hippie. Oh, after the... Yeah. Uh, so Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> And, 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 so we've got and one mar- enthusiast in the audience and everyone else is... Uh... <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny that I tried to smoke my own weight in marijuana. <laughs> but I did get addicted to tobacco. That was hard. Yeah. It was very hard to give that up. More addictive than heroin? <laughs> it is apparently so, because it's not just the social circumstances. Okay. Nicotine works on humans because, by coincidence, there are nicotine receptors. Mm. Go figure. They want to be fed. In one third of people, the nicotine receptors, when they are fed in large amounts by nicotine that you take in, set up a chemical reaction where you make more nicotine receptors. And so they have a true craving. So, for one third of people, the reason that they have great difficulty in getting off tobacco is because they've created all of these nicotine receptors, and it's not because they're morally weak or sinful or haven't praised the Lord enough. It's just the accident <laughs> is that they've made, they make too many nicotine receptors. In my case, I was in the two-thirds of the population that could give up relatively, relatively easy. It's still an addictive drug, mm. and so I was able to give up. So then I was a drug crazy and a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I did some of the that first MTV <laughs> at movies the same in time? Australia.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen some of that gear.
1: <laughs> I was, yeah, I did some of the first ones. I actually ended up making some videos, and uh, I think I might have made a bad financial decision. So what had happened was that um, I was shooting these movies, not videos, because video hadn't been invented then, uh, with film. And, uh, well, there was video, but it was way out of the range. You know, you, videotape was just none You couldn't, poor person couldn't use it. So I got some Etichrome, I pushed it from 160 ASA or ISO to 1,000, I then processed it myself in a laboratory I built myself, uh, I then read up the Kodak uh, notebooks and found that to stop the, the, getting an unpleasant green cast you had to add some sulfuric acid to the second colour developer. Just that simple sentence took me about six hours to learn. And then processed it, then edited it, put on a soundtrack, took it to the band in their hotel room, who were smoking their way through some really good Buddha sticks, which they didn't <coughs> invite me to have. And then they said, um, thanks for the, uh, the movie. So there it is, a complete three-minute movie of them, which they then showed on MTV. Thanks for the movie. Here's $40, <laughs> <Keep> <laughs> off. And at that main, moment, I made the um, inaccurate and wrong decision that there was no money to be made in video movie production. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've made many bad decisions in my <laughs> life. Look, you're talking to a guy who does a podcast. This <laughs> is... <laughs> I was just out of time. And so then I decided to go into something else and I didn't know what way to go. And so I ended up um, drifting into doing biomedical engineering. Now, that's, that's an interesting. One where one, d- because you
0: worked with uh, another hero. Of, oh, no, he, of he was here. good. Fred, Fred, Fred was Hollis. great. So Fred Hollows, for anyone who doesn't know, dedicated a lot of his life to improving the eyesight of people in third world countries.
1: Yeah, he went out of his way to do operations on people that he could have got $400 for, but only got the Medicare rate, and then spend his time going into the Australian Outback and third world countries delivering medic- medical health to people, And um, I designed and built a machine to pick up electrical signals off the human retina for him. Mm. So, every part of the body gives off electricity. Mm -hmm. Uh, The retina gives off electricity, uh, gives off. uh, So, uh, you can diagnose certain types of eye disease with it. I designed and built a machine for him with Jackie Joy to pick up electrical signals off the human retina. And and Fred was the real inspiration, like uh, after him, I had a choice of, I had three PhD scholarships or going into medicine, so I decided to go into medicine. And he taught me one great thing, which I then realized when I had uh, my bunch of patients who died, and he said, most people never realize when they've got enough. And it took me a long time to realize what he meant, but I'm now old enough to have enough. So I've got a bicycle, uh, I've got two bicycles and we just bought a uh, previous car, uh, cost us $125, but we just bought a new car the other day for $4,000. So we're really, oh man, we're, we're up there, you know. Uh, <laughs> so Gaffer tape the, t- the two bicycles together. And, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've got enough. I've got a house that I own. Mm. Um, with lots of solar (laughs) solar panels and and, and I've got a car and I I have enough stuff which by Mm. the way is a really good technique to use to the telemarketers when they offer you to (laughs) stuff for free and I say I've got enough stuff I don't need any more stuff and they said, well just take it I said no I'll have to send it back because I don't need any more stuff so Fred had enough stuff he didn't need to spend his time making more money he realised that he had enough stuff because that's what you learn when you see somebody die Mm. Because a lot of them say, I wish I'd spent more time with my daughter, she's a stranger to me. Because I spent too much time trying to earn money, and now I've got this stuff, but I don't have a daughter. Mm and so that was for me really meaningful and, and Fred was, he's what you he call a rough diamond and I'm going to use a bad word here he used to say fuck a lot and so—and he was also really down to earth. so when he'd come up to a patient and so I'd follow him around on walk rounds and stuff instead of saying, well as far as we can tell from the um, neurophysiological analysis of your lesion it seems it's an oncotic lesion and the uh, prognosis appears to be suboptimal he'd say, mate you got cancer and you're fucked <laughs> That's the, sort of, that's the sort of doctor you want. If you're going to die, you want to know about it early so you can organise your life around the fact that it's not going to be there for much longer, so you can mm. do what you have to. Oh, well, real
0: of a story. Briefly, I ran. Uh, I went and had some blood tests okay, and ah. got, you know, got my cholesterol back, and they had to invent a new number for how high it is. I've inherited uh, my mother's genes, oh. which uh, means that I basically any, any meat that goes into me gets converted to LDL. So it's a bad sort of cholesterol. Now, I do have a, a
1: blockage of my heart. Now, the doctor gives at me At your the, age? Yeah, 35. Now 35, the, blockage of your left anterior descending? Yes. Oh. And
0: so the doctor, wife and I go into the, the surgery, sit down, and she, and she says, uh, look, I've got to send you off some, for some more scans. And I was going to take a couple of the American podcasters camping, hiking. It was going to be very, very uh, physical. Oh, yeah? And the doctor goes, uh, looks at me and says, you're not going camping. And she looks at the missus and says, no sex. And, oh, okay. and, and before I could respond, the missus says, uh, yeah, there won't be a problem. <laughs> 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 so, 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 so. Cruel and unnecessary. Uh, as it turns out, it can be treated with... Uh, you know, the, cristal, the cristal, Yeah, well, statins, yeah. Statins? So, um, it's not until I get to 70% blockage that they'll
1: bung in a stent. Coming back. <laughs> We're back again after some incredibly hilarious (laughs) proof that we're not particularly good at mathematics anymore, but a 75% blockage seems to mean that you're getting one-third of 1% of the blood flow through. So... You, if you have a... Fami- okay, don't know what to do here. Um, I'm yeah, look, if we can make it through rice. the rest
0: of the podcast, I'll, I'll die happy. That's <laughs> yeah, so, so do you have to change your diet? I have to change my diet. Uh, tragic. Well, I, I do enjoy red meat, and uh, that's off Forget the menu. It. Yep. So you're going to go vegetarian? Uh, fish is apparently okay. Yeah. I got conflicting information from the doctor and the cardiologist
1: in terms of egg yolks. Talk to the new dietitian. You know how much education... A cardiologist and a GP gets on nutrition? One week. Eight hours. Oh. I whereas a nutritionist, no no, not a nutritionist, a dietitian. Anybody can call themselves a nutritionist, but a dietitian. Is that a dietitian there? Hey. Yes, we love you. (laughs) Right? That that is a person who has actually got their degree by going to university for four years and then doing a whole lot more, as opposed to saying, I eat food, I know everything about food, therefore activated almonds and a paleo diet is the right thing to feed a one week old baby. And
0: we're referencing there for the, if anyone wants to Google him, uh, a guy called Pete Evans who has a smile that is full of tiny little white surfboards. Um, (laughs) Now, now as a thumbs up or thumbs down, given what you know so far with this on-air diagnosis, egg yolks, yay or nay? Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. Look, All right. I'm, I won't I'm, die. I, <laughs> yeah, look, I'm sensing here that you need to talk with that person for a long time <laughs> and because the knowledge in her brain is huge and it's, trying to sum it down into one sentence is hard. Go and see that person. Ask the dietitians who are the experts in this field and whatever they do, you follow their advice. Mm. And you'll keep them alive for longer. He's my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Speaking of, speaking of new best friend, uh, I walked up and Carl goes, yeah, g'day, uh, my name's Carl. Like, of course, this is the fifth time we've met. <laughs> now, that's, there's a reason for that. Prosopagnosia. That's me, I got it. Now, wh- how does this work and how, how is it that someone as good looking as myself doesn't register? People's faces, to me, are as individual as a bricks in a wall. It's actually a surprising percentage of the human population that have this. There's two reasons. For it, one's
1: genetic, I understand, one's by injury. Don't, yeah, well, you can damage any part of the brain you like. I don't know why it happened. <laughs> Best avoided,
0: don't take medical advice
1: from don't, the show. <laughs> <laughs> what he said, he was dead right. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling bad about having interrupted the dietician. Before. But oh. you... Yeah, but she wasn't on mic anyway. Oh, you, two, you keep going. I'm going to go on it. Uh, just so <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so what were we talking about? Uh, Professor Yeah, so I'm, I don't know why it happens, but it does. I'm apologising for interrupting you, but you're off mic. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Okay, so uh, I pro- put it down to the fact that I grew up as a WOG refugee, and back then the Catholics and the Protestants hated each other. There were no convenient Buddhists, Muslims, or. Uh, Zoroastrians to hate, so they just hated each other. And then along came these refugees. Terrific! We can combine and hate them. And so at school, I was bullied all the way through primary school and high school, and I had no friends. And so what's the point of remembering somebody's face if there's nobody who's my friend? And so I fell in love with the library and basically read a book every day of my life. I started on science fiction when I was about... 14 or something and then read one science fiction book book every day at speed reading. So who, who needs friends when you got books? That's my excuse. <laughs> so I'm sorry to no, 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 recognise no, you, Adam. No, no, no. That's fine. I've got a moderate badly. There was one guy I met who had it really badly and we were standing at the soccer, walking our kids playing. And I said, G'day, I'm Carl. And I said, Yeah, I'm... and he insert name. And then I said, Have we met? And then somebody else said, Yeah. You've been meeting each other here every week for the last couple <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of so But this goes so far as to,
0: this extends to your, your immediate family as yeah, well.
1: Yeah, I have trouble with them. But this guy, he was so bad. I said, so which is your son? And he said, now that we both know we have this problem, I can't recognise my son in his uniform. I have oh. to memorise what he's wearing. And he had it really badly. I've, I've only got a very soft problem. I, I, I get my family's names wrong,
0: mm-hmm. including
1: my wife and my love dearly I've been married to for such a long time, and the kids, uh, they, get annoyed when I call, they get annoyed when I call them by the wrong name. Now, come <laughs> on. Give me a bit of slack here, man. But, but you, you associate...
0: There's, there's other ways of
1: uh, determining who it is you're encountering. Height, weight, the uh, hairstyle... Walk. Yeah, like, well, one thing you do when you're a medical doctor, you learn to diagnose everybody around you just by <laughs> looking at them. And there's a whole section on fingernails and there's a whole mm. section on walks. And you're saying, oh, they've got a right asymmetrical antalgic gait based around the knee. <laughs> and you're sort of going, oh, yeah, I reckon Parkinson's, what do you reckon? You know, and so you, you <laughs> sort of walk, you know, diagnosing people say, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You've got to keep your skills up, man.
0: So, so the last time we, we met, I gave you a bottle of magic need. Is that you? (laughs) (laughs) There it is. At, at, At the time, you said to me, You look like Alec Baldwin. (laughs) <laughs> and it was just blue eyes, sort of creepy black beard, and then, that was the that was
1: the association you had with it. So um, I'm clutching his straws to get through life. <laughs> Honestly, it's really hard if you're in any way in the media, because if you just don't say hello to somebody, you're up yourself, mm. and if you do. You're trying to make yourself famous, like, hi, you should know me because I'm Carl, I'm famous, I'm really famous. Can you just sort of act like I'm somebody important? So, I've been know. doing that all day. Yeah, I'm I just know. Been <laughs> ignoring so people. you're in a difficult position <laughs> there, yeah, sorry.
0: So, Science so Communication, you're, my podcast came to be in part because of you. What? True story. So, I sent uh, an email to three of my favourite podcasters back when podcasting was still very uh, in its infancy. And you came back to me and said, Come into the studio with me and I spend an entire day in the ABC, in the recording studio, watching how it's done. And from there I went home and sort of muddled around and, and that's how it came to be. You're talking oh. about getting into politics and, and yes. ch- being the change I want to see in the world. Mm. I'm not going to be a good politician. <laughs>
1: what do you uh, mean? The,
0: the current standard
1: is quite low. Well, then you, can, <laughs> then you can be better than the ones that are there. And remember, Let's be calm. And remember, the ones that are there are making the laws that you have to obey. Mm. So, I d- well, If I may- you're may- there. Maybe down, you'll
0: make better laws. Maybe down the track. But I, I decided to adjust it and try and influence this community, or help this community, or grow this community. Oh. And uh, yeah, <laughs> all down to you. And it cost what me a, a bottle of magic <laughs> made. <laughs>
1: If it makes the, if you put somebody into politics, our work will have been done. If in 10 years somebody goes into politics and swings a vote so the forces of light win, that's good. Mm, By the way, Lucifer is called the devil. And so (laughs) Lucifer means light giver. So I wasn't referring to him as the forces of light. (laughs) See, what happened was him and God had a fight. I've I've heard about it. Yeah, (laughs) and then God threw him into hell. Mm. But actually, Lucifer was God's best mate. He called him the light giver, he was his advisor. Mate, did he get written out of history badly? <laughs> um, no, that's not history. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so we're gonna- if we're going to stick to very (laughs) good you get a prize you're you're very good Uh, big prize that was not his. you should
0: start a podcast (laughs) Um, so while we're sticking to facts and figures and uh, I know there's a couple of experts in the audience how many people did the devil kill in the bible? how many people did God kill? (laughs) pretty much everyone else (laughs) yeah Yeah. so I know which side I'm on
1: wow (laughs) So, the devil doesn't kill anybody directly, but what if he's on the evil side who then go and kill the good guys? Doesn't that count as him influencing the death of somebody? Or you mean like a direct killing where God comes down, points his finger, the clouds yeah, open? And I don't f- think
0: it was the devil who ordered the flood. Oh! <laughs> he, had, he had very little to do with that. Probably also okay. didn't instruct them to dash children against the rocks, etc., etc. Second was God, one? Okay, yeah. God talking. Oh, no, there's a whole book of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <All> right!
0: <laughs> <laughs> You'll love it, it's a great read <laughs> And Harry died <laughs> Yep, yep, uh, it's delicious uh, yeah. <laughs> You'll love it, uh, Harry dies at the end um, But um, with all the work you've done on uh, the science communication This one I'm hoping makes you think What is the best question you've been asked Where you've, because you're very good at saying I don't know mm-hmm. And here's where you go to find out yeah. What's the best question you've been asked Where you've gone and researched the answer yourself and surprised yourself or learned
1: the most. Ah, oh, uh, where does belly button fluff come from? No, oh. this, this is important. So well, strap. So
0: just close the doors. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, for this one, I actually won an Ig Nobel Prize uh, from Harvard University, and it's so prestigious that they actually flew me all the way from Australia to Harvard at my own expense. Yeah, that, <laughs> they wouldn't. And, um, they don't muck around. That, They they would not insult me by offering me money. No way,
0: man. Do do you know that there's a reason that I'm wearing a blue shirt today? (laughs) Because I knew that question. Okay,
1: so will I go through the belly button? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so what happened was that somebody rang me up on radio and said, um, how come I've got belly button fluff? Where does it come from? And anyway, why is it blue? And the automatic answer was, I don't know, because I didn't know. Uh, Unlike you, I couldn't make up a comedy reply. So then I went looking through the literature and all I could find was an article in the BMJ, British Medical Journal, which didn't have the answer, but hovered around the edges. And the only depth that I got out of it was that in the same way that all roads lead to Rome, so too does all hair on the abdomen lead to the belly button. And that was sort of kind of a hint, but there was no real answer. And I got asked the question again, and I gave that answer. Yeah, all roads lead to Rome. And then um, I got a phone call about uh, three months later where somebody said, uh, Hi, look, with that belly button thing, I've done the experiment. Mm. Love his work. Now, this was Doug, who worked at the uh, Soft Bottom Research Centre, which is not people who roam the streets poking people in the buttocks to see if they have hard or soft buttocks, but rather he worked at the Soft Bottom Fish Habitat research centre. So some fish live on hard, rocky bottoms, Uh and some live on soft, sandy bottoms. And he worked with the fish that live on soft, sandy bottoms. Uh And what he had done as a generator of belly button fluff, and hearing me talk about the belly button, he had shaved a circle around his belly button, 10 centimetres in diameter. And suddenly, there was no more belly button fluff. And then as the hair grew back, then the belly button fluff began to get produced more and more. And it started me off on a survey They're saying there's something here, there's something going on. I've got some, what we in intelligence trade call the ground truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not backed up by peer-reviewed literature, but it's from a human. Or who... made
0: up facts like... Uh... Like your own good self. <laughs> uh, and then
1: he uh, we did a survey at my own expense on the ABC using our own website. And out of 5,000 people, 3,500 were generators of belly button fluff. The tip, we, we, we sifted the statistics and it turns out that the average generator of belly button fluff belly button fluff is a slightly overweight, middle-aged male with a hairy abdomen, but you can have skinny, hairless females generating belly button fluff, and one lady in particular gave us a very strong clue when she said that she used to wear skin-tied T-shirts, and they generated lots of belly button fluff, or, or lots of belly button fluff was generated until she put a ring into her navel, oh. and that then acted like a little tent pole <laughs> holding the... That's like the lightning rod, of uh, just holding, <laughs> diverting <laughs> it. No, lifting up. <laughs> <laughs> so it, so it held the t-shirt up above the belly button oh. so that the there was no direct continuity and suddenly there was no belly button fluff and so we then Uh, asked more survey questions and there was a case of a young man and a woman and the woman, his sister was going out for the night in the then popular midriff exposing outfit and he said to her, hey sis, which you can do to your sister, hey sis, you've got belly button fluff, (laughs) whereupon she immediately went to the bathroom and uh, picked out all the belly button fluff and then used not hers but his electric toothbrush (laughs) (laughs) to clean her navel, and as a result he came down with the worst fungal infection of his mouth he'd ever had. Even so, knowing the risks of dealing with this biohazardous material, (laughs) we then gathered in samples from around the world and analyzed it under first a light microscope and then an electron microscope because, and this is a very important piece of advice for anybody who wants to go into a career in science, listen carefully. Anything, no matter how boring, always looks better under an electron microscope. (laughs) (laughs) And we found under the electron microscope the belly button fluff was made of fibres of clothing, Held together with dead skin cells, which are fatty. The fibers come from your clothing because it's not glued in there, it's held together by up and down weaves, it's just held in there by friction. So a top loader is really rough on your clothes.
0: Oh, now we're talking. Yeah, don't use this is, a top loader. <laughs>
1: the, the, I, I, this is,
0: I work in that industry. I, I, I can go for hours talking about the difference between top loaders and front loaders, but I Really? Out. No, look, uh, <laughs> I, 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 no, I no. want to divert. Oh, I'm do, have, do, show of hands, does anyone here wash their clothes in cold water? No, I need more. Okay. Talk yeah, me out yeah, anyway? yeah, put. Yeah. Okay. Detergent does not work in cold water. You don't wash your dishes in cold water because the enzymes won't bond to the fat and wash it off. Uh, a lot of people say when I would sell them a, a washing machine and say, "Don't use cold power," because that's called marketing.
1: Oh, uh,
0: <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, I'm not on syndicated radio. I can say whatever I like.
1: <laughs> oh, you can um, still get sued.
0: Uh, good, <laughs> and, and, because, because and it is still that. I, I would, I would challenge it because it's the enzymes will not work in cold water. You can't cheat physics.
1: Yeah, who, now, who cares about that? Who's got deeper pockets? Them or you, in a court
0: case? Yeah, yeah, that about okay. podcast. By the way,
1: <laughs> by the way, just just so you know, the difference between defamation and slander. Uh, S for slander. S for speech. Right. So, you've just committed uh, slander, not defamation. Defamation is when you write it down. Ah, good. Well, just, I'll just, just cross so, that out there. Say, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 detergents do not work in cold water.
0: They don't work as effectively. And every 10 degrees you go up, you double the, efficient, or the, the, the speed I, of a I go,
1: for, I go for 40 degrees C. Exactly. Is that enough? That's so, perfect. I go for 50. So, so,
0: the most common complaint I would get from the customer when they come in and they go, Oh, I want that top loader. I go, No, you don't. Get the front loader and here's why you're washing 40 degrees Celsius. Uh, because they'd say, oh look, now it ruins the elastics, or the dye's are gonna run out of my um, clothes. And I would just say, what's your body temperature? <laughs> internally.
1: Inter- internally, yeah, so. But, but on a hot day, you can generate sweat and get up to 30, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah.
0: So 30 degrees for your minimum, and 40, I do everything minimum
1: 40. So, f- so firstly you go for 40? Yep. And um, you go for a front load, because the thing about the clothes that you wear When you put them into the washing machine, the value of the clothes Mm. is greater than the value of the washing machine. And you damage the clothes because a top loader is harsh on your clothing. When people in our survey, Mm. carried out by people who might have worn a lab coat once, (laughs) um, in our survey, people who have a top loader generate a lot more belly button fluff than people who who have a front loader. And when they shifted from one to the other, the production would go up or down. Mm. So go for a front loader because it's gentle and more economical. I'm just curious with you. You would have had thousands and thousands of samples of
0: uh, belly button. Uh, yeah uh, How many pillows did you stuff? Are we talking? Are we <laughs> talking
1: a mattress. you don't want this to go to waste <laughs> What we got was um, a Cylinder the length of your thumb and twice the diameter mm-hmm. for one person's belly button fluff one person over a period of many months or years, which I forget. Another one was uh, the size of a matchbox. There was a guy who had two one litre containers, stuffed with belly button flop, but it had taken him years to generate that. We only had small samples. Some people collect stamps. Yeah. <laughs> so if you go to the trouble of wearing red underwear, red trousers, and mm-hmm. red uh, clothing on top, you will generate red belly button flop because the colour of the belly button fluff is essentially the colour of your clothing. And if you look around, there's blue and there's black and there's grey, you know? And and there's no black dye. It's, a black dye is a mixture it's of a dark grey. It's such a sombre bunch,
0: green. aren't they? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you, we, uh, well, I'm trying to do my best here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the belly button fluff uh, comes from your clothing and mm-hmm. it's dead skin cells. There you yep. you've got the answer. So, the, and on the top loader, the reason it, they generate so much lint is that little
0: stick bit in the middle with the fins on it which scrapes the fibres out of the clothes, creates Ah. the lint. In a front loader washing machine, the correct way to pack it is put as much clothes as you can in until you can get the fist in the top of the bowl because of the clothes themselves that rub together more gently in order to get the mechanical action.
1: Hang on. So I shove it in and I should be able to just get a closed fist or a hand? A closed fist. Dang. Oh, so if it's uh, just a hand, I haven't left enough room. You've, you've, you've probably overpacked it. Yeah. Okay, because you do
0: need that. There's a difference between a washing machine and a dryer. You need a, a lot more surface area okay. in, a, in a dryer to get the air moving around. But it's actually in the washing machine you need the clothes, the fibres, so the materials good, to be let me rubbing each other.
1: So. Uh, a slowly caring. moving <laughs> fist a slowly moving fist should go in not too not too much effort yeah. not too much effort uh, we're uh, talking about washing machines for anyone just yeah, tuning yeah. in <laughs> um. <laughs> hang on look I, I got to where I like it here so uh, so because what, what if you just sort of shove one in Like, what if you shove it in at the front and you leave the gap at the top that's bad no that's not, that's perfect if you include it, Enough space for the clothes to, to move in. I'll, I'll draw your diagram after the show. Look, oh, it's like it's a, now, look, it's but, but I've got a 10-kilo machine, not a 7-kilo. I've got, I've got a big drum. Yeah.
0: I've heard rumours.
1: Yeah. Yes. So yes. It's, it's, it's still roughly the same. You've got, you've got to have a, a closed fist easily go in at the top. Yeah.
0: Thank God. So, I so that.
1: Commonly a lot of people will
0: uh, underload their front loader because they're coming oh really? from the top loader. Yeah, you need you need to have that um, that mechanical friction.
1: So if you don't load it enough,
0: you will you're get going a poor to get a, result You'll get
1: suboptimal cleaning.
0: Correct. And, God damn. It, and you will often reduce the life of the machine because it'll be off balance.
1: Now look, I've I have i have had another clothing related question that's been bothering me. Talking to the right guy. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, I got one of these um, free pamphlets from the post office or something that you immediately throw away, but I was a bit bored in looking through it, and there were some stainless clothes uh, pegs for $29. And I left Bargain. Me. Should I go for the stainless clothes? Are, are they a high quality, I mean, I can't tell. I want stainless steel clothes pegs because if you need to have the plastic... Oh, white, dig them. <laughs> well, you see, I've, I've got some plastic ones and some wooden ones, but the wood rusts. Yes. And I don't want to stain the clothing.
0: Stainless, break that down, stain less. There is no such thing as steel that will not ultimately rust.
1: Okay, well, yeah, you can go to a lot of trouble and buy the expensive stuff, for, and, and, and that's really good. But practice- change, change the nickel content or, yeah, or substitute for, a, yeah, for that's titanium. Correct. But that's a, that's a completely different yeah. thing, and we're getting the uh, two-minute warning.
0: We're, the, course, who's we're, giving we're, us the warning? How, how long we got? One, two, one, one. minute. Okay, okay. winding well, up very quickly. F- final question, scrunch or fold?
1: <laughs> oh, the toilet paper? Yes. Oh, Uh well, for maximal efficiency and minimal use of toilet paper, you want to go for a depending upon the thickness of the toilet paper and the ply of the toilet paper, you want to go for either a, a, a double or triple or single fold mm. for maximum efficiency. Right, you heard
0: it here first. <laughs> well, hang on,
1: I could be wrong. I have
0: I, this is personal no, 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 experience. Let, let's, let's get some ground truth. Final thing: um, scrunches, hands up, and folders. The folders have it. (laughs) There you go, guys. Thank you very much, Dr. Carl, for coming on The Herb Mentality. Thank you, Dr. Adam. Very well. We're out of here. Well done. Enjoy the rest of the time, guys. (laughs)